Hello, this is Catherine, as I know I need to stop talking. Hello, lovelies, how are we doing? It's been two weeks, it's been a fortnight. Um, I've missed you all, I hope everybody's doing okay. It's lovely and sunny, which is really nice. I've had the week off, I've had the week off work, which is quite unusual for me to take a full week off. And actually, it's been really, really nice to just do some stuff just that you just don't get time to do with the pace of life. And I don't know about anybody else, but I am still definitely feeling that like post-lockdown adjustment to like, oh my goodness, there's, there's more than one activity in one day. This is too much, too much. I've actually done some writing and lots of you have been so lovely to ask about what I'm doing in terms of next books and stuff. And the honest answer is, I've just been a bit shit. That sounds a bit better probably being said than me just writing on my on my blog, I'm just being a bit shit. But that is, that is the answer really. There's no other good reason. I have been working on a few things writing wise and I'm doing that classic thing which is the complete opposite of being a complete finisher and starting on loads of different things and then wondering why none of them are finished. So I have actually genuinely made some really good progress this week. I've written 25,000 words. 25,000 words, I'm quite proud of that. So I hope possibly... I might actually get some momentum behind this and actually actually do something with it. Or, you know, it might all fizzle out and, and fail miserably. But I have very good intentions. But life is just, life is very busy. And I'm very grateful for how busy life is. But it does mean that I don't always get a chance to do all of the things that I want to do. I did do, I actually did record a podcast last week, which I haven't published because I listened back to it and I just sounded like a bit of a wanker. I'm not going to lie. I tried to do a podcast, which is the kind of podcast that I would have quite liked to have listened to when I was trying get published and what the publishing process was like and everything but no matter how much I tried not to I just ended up sounding like a total cock really and that was definitely not my intention so I don't know I mean I also don't know whether how to get published is of any interest to anybody whatsoever or whether I should just like sit on that because I don't want you all to hear me sounding like a total wanker. Many of you are probably thinking, but you're sounding like a wanker right now, which is fair and valid, and I cannot dispute this. So anyway, if you would like to hear my my shit wankery blog about about um, about writing, then, then, then let me know and maybe I'll publish it. As an aside, and talking about words that are not words, but are words, such as wankery, I'm just going to put this out here. Godi, G-O-A-D-Y. Godi is a word. Am I right? I mean, I hope it is, because I've been calling people goady fuckers for years. And yeah, it turned out when I was playing Scrabble with my mum and Mr. I know I need to stop talking this week. And I put down the word goady so confident. I didn't even bother to check it in my mum's massive Scrabble dictionary. I was like, of course goady's a word. No, turns out it's not. It's in Urban Dictionary, but it's not actually a word. I think it's a word. Does anybody else think goady's a word? Can we do a, can we start a petition? They bring in new words every year, don't they? Can we start a petition for them to bring in? Bring in Godi. Yeah, I feel yeah, I feel really, really aggravated by Godi. Godi not been a work, but 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 there we go. But yeah, we had a lovely week off. I mean it started it started concernedly. We sat sat down for dinner. And Beth said to me, she said, Oh, it's been a real day and Mr. I know I need to stop talking. So what's you know, what's the matter, Beth? You you're on holiday from school. What's the matter? Why is it why it's been a real day? She sat there looking looking very solemn and she she sat there and she looked at us all, the three of us, myself, Mr. I know I need to stop talking and, and Jamie and she said I just had such a disappointing yoghurt. And while part of me laughed, another part of me thought, I know exactly what you mean, because I have had many disappointing yoghurts in my time. Actually, I noted with interest this week, they're taking the, the use-by dates off yoghurts, aren't they? Which, God love my mum, I feel like this is a this is a landmark moment for my mum. This is this is a victory for, for my mum and probably mothers mothers the, the country, maybe the world over. Because I distinctly remember when I was when I was growing up, we'd we'd always have yogurts in, in the house. If you were hungry, you could snack on a yogurt. 
And when I say that use by dates were, were kind of more of a more of a guideline than a rule to live by, I mean I think even that is probably probably pushing it a bit strongly. I'd go and get a yogurt out and I'd be like, so it's two months out of date? And, and my mum's standard response, and I do it to my kids now, my mum's standard response would be, it'd be fine. It was two months out of date, and the standard response would be, open it, if it's fizzy or it's got mould on it, don't eat it. Otherwise, it'll be fine. And clearly, to be fair to my mum, clearly she was right. And now food manufacturers are, are, are taking up on this and several supermarkets are removing their used-by dates from yoghurt. So you heard it here first. My mum was my mum was almost certainly right. But yeah, I do I do hear Beth on the on the disappointing yoghurt front. It was the way she looked so so very solemn when she said it. So very solemn very disappointing yogurt was hopefully made up for though by the fact that obviously it's been easter love easter i swear if they sold easter eggs all year round i would weigh about 30 stone i'm not even exaggerating what is it about easter eggs and chocolate in the shape of easter eggs which just tastes so much better doesn't it so much better i don't know how or why it's the same chocolate it's just egg shaped rather than block shaped but it tastes so much better and I probably could, I haven't tried this on the grounds of public decency, but I reckon I could probably consume a Cadbury's Easter egg, because those are my favourite, Cadbury's are my favourite Easter eggs, will not accept, when I say inferior, probably much more expensive chocolate, but it's inferior to Cadbury's in my humble, humble opinion. This podcast is not sponsored by Cadbury's, I just really fucking love a Cadbury's Easter egg. Yeah, I reckon that I could probably get a whole Cadbury's Easter egg into my mouth in the manner of an anaconda and maybe tonight I'll try that. Or, you know, maybe not, because I still like to keep some sense of, like, mystique in, in the marriage. And I think that that might go out the window if Mr. No, I need to stop talking, turns around. And his wife's got an entire Cadbury's Easter egg stuck in her mouth. Because that would probably happen, wouldn't it? It probably happens to me. It would get stuck or I'd dislocate my jaw and I'd have to go to hospital. They'd be like, how have you done this? I uh, put an entire Easter egg in my mouth and tried to consume it whole. What? Pardon? I've put an entire Easter egg. Never mind, do we have to talk about this? That that would happen to me. Okay, so I won't I won't do that. I remember the time a few years ago I made the absolute dick decision, what a dick, to give up sweeteners and refined sugar for Lent. And, you know, I'm a good church going girl. I, I I know Lent and I know how long Lent is, but what I underestimated when it comes to the length of Lent is when you think of, you know, sort of Lent being forty days and forty nights then you got weekends as well, because Lent doesn't count weekends, which in theory means you could take weekends off, but that kind of feels like feels like cheating. So I did a very long period of time with no sugar and no sweeteners, and it's very hard because they're in fucking everything, and they're particularly in everything that's fucking nice. Try and find a disappointing yogurt without sugars or sweeteners in. You won't. It's very hard. It was a very, very long, long period of Lent, but then it got to Easter Day, and I bought myself an Easter egg because I'm a firm believer if you want something... Don't wait for somebody else to buy it and then look disappointed when you don't get it. Buy it yourself. I really wanted that year one of those massive dime Easter eggs. The ones which have got like little bits of dime in the chocolate. Oh, they're really good. I couldn't find one this year, probably because fuckers have sold out. But yeah, I really wanted one of those. So I bought one and we were going to stay at my mum's for Easter. I actually, no word of a lie, took my Easter egg to bed with me on the night of Easter Eve. Why is it not called Easter Eve? You have Christmas Eve, don't you? You should have Easter Eve. That's disappointing. Okay, so anyway, Easter Eve, let's make it a thing, along with Godie. I took my, my dime Easter egg to bed with me, and so when I woke up in the in the morning on Easter, Easter day, joyous day of joy and happiness, and it was me because I opened my eyes, and the first thing I laid my eyes upon was my dime Easter egg, and within about a nanosecond, half of that had disappeared down my gullet, and it was the best fucking Easter breakfast ever. Yeah, never give up sugar. 
and sweeteners for, for Lent. Lent is, Lent is long. Lent is, Lent is very long. And then my children might be 11 and 14 now, but never too old for an Easter egg hunt. I firmly believe that because I think if someone offered me an Easter egg hunt, I would almost certainly say yes. And so we, we carried out our family tradition, which is I go and hide a load of little Easter eggs in the back garden and they have to go and find them. And I forget how many I've hidden or indeed where I've put them. And so they spend hours fruitlessly searching for one that possibly I'd never hidden there in the first place. Or alternatively, is never found. And then at some point, kind of as we go into like winter, one of the kids are kind of running in from the back garden and go, oh, I found an Easter egg. So, you know, that's like, that's the magical surprise that keeps giving, isn't it? Just just keeps on coming. So yeah, it's our little family traditions to find slightly mouldy eggs from, from the year before. But you know, that's, that's, that's frugality for you. It's just, you know just just the way things way things work big week for jamie this week very exciting week for jamie i say it's a big week for jamie i don't think jamie feels like it's a big week for him whatsoever but i i am so i am i feel like i found my destiny in life so obviously beth plays football and does loads of football and i love football and i love to watch beth play football but i am not what one would say a classic football mum. And, and you really only need to look at the outfits that i'm wearing when i'm standing on the sidelines freezing my tits off in heels and a fur coat that gives no protection from the weather whatsoever. So I love football, but I wouldn't say that I am naturally a football mum. But Jamie, oh, Jamie, Jamie has completely found found my niche, even if it's not his his niche. So, so let me explain. So Beth's always done football, and Jamie has diligently done sweet fuck all for a very, very long time now on the grounds that he's really fucking happy sitting in his room with his pants on, playing on his computer and chatting to his mates. And, and he's like, why well, would I want to join any clubs, mum? I'm living my best life. And I can I can see that and I kind of admire that, but I'm I'm also a doer, so I'm also, you know, kind of come on Jamie, you could do something. Anyway, turning point came last year when Mr. I Know I Need to Stop Talking discovered that Jamie's mates had all joined our local theatre company. Now I was an actor and Mr. I Know I Need to Stop Talking was an actor, so you can say there was a certain amount of inevitability that we would positively force Jamie down the fucking acting route. You will do acting, you will enjoy it. So we kind of turned around to him, like literally within a nanosecond when, when Jamie's mate's mum had announced that, that, that he joined the, joined the theatre company. We were literally on that creature. I was like, right, we're signing you up, Jamie. He was like, well, I don't know what if I want to do this. And I was like, shush, you'll love it. I don't think I will love it. You'll love it. You'll love it. It'll be brilliant. Anyway, it's very popular, our local theatre company. So it has a waiting list. So rightly so, we waited. We went to see the productions. And anyway, this week, we got the call. Jamie's in. And I swear, it was like, does anybody remember back to the early noughties and pop stars when they used to have the contestants' homes round where basically the judges would phone and announce whether you'd made it into the band or not? It felt like, I don't know if this is what this theatre company was going for, it genuinely felt like that. We got the call. Mr. I know I need to stop talking. was like, shall I answer this? I don't know this number. It's a, it's a local number. I was like, answer it! It could be the theatre company. It was the theatre company. They were like, Jamie's got a place. We were like, yes, we were celebrating. Then we had to call Jamie down and go, you've got a place. And he was like, oh, God, why? It's like, because you're going to love it. And the best bit, the thing I'm most excited about and Jamie's least excited about is all of these groups are only ever run by volunteers. And of course, they're asking for parents to volunteer. I mean, you don't need to fucking ask me. I'm champing at the bit. Jamie says no. I think that's very mean. I'm like, I won't be embarrassing. He's like, you will be embarrassing. You'll wear a T-shirt with my face on it and a sign that says, I am Jamie's mum. And I probably would do, probably would do that. So, yeah, we're 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 in negotiations as to what part of of his theatre company I might be allowed to to volunteer for. I'm like, I could come on 
on stage and sing a song and he's got his head in his hands going I'll leave I'll just leave so I'm delighted Jamie is considerably less delighted but we'll we'll, we'll see how see how it all works out if I wang, manage to wangle my way on on stage I reckon I reckon I completely can poor Jamie poor Jamie he's he's such a good boy and he's stuck with a stuck with a mum like me he's had a nice day today the kids have both had a had a lovely afternoon today our local gym is does this initiative and I don't know maybe gyms do this everywhere I've never been a gym goer so I don't know but I've always steered well clear of gyms a because they are full of sweaty people um that's very judgmental of me isn't it but but it's a fact they're full of of sweaty people and I'd just rather go for a nice walk in the sunshine but also because everything I've ever heard about gyms is that they're really 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 fucking expensive and I've got no desire to pay a load of money to go and be in a room full of sweaty people when I can go for a walk in the sunshine and have a lovely time. So I've never been to the gym, but Jamie got quite keen to to try the gym. And then Beth was straight on that bandwagon because obviously it's anything that's that's vaguely athletic. And she's like, yeah, I'd like to, to join the gym. So I dutifully looked around and our local gym does this brilliant thing where they run dedicated teen sessions for kids age 10 to 15. You have to turn up, book in for an induction, but then you can just book into these sessions as I say they're, they're £2.50 a go so there's no crazy membership fees and yeah you can just go along and have an hour using the machines and it's all supervised and it's fantastic so I took them along this afternoon lovely staff lovely guy overseeing took them sort of showed them around. I, I went off for my walk and then came back early because I thought oh, they'd be knackered after an hour thinking I would be fucking knackered after an hour in fact I'd be knackered after about 30 seconds and they were like, no, can we stay a bit longer? We want to stay for the full full times up. So bravo to my local gym and any other gyms in the country running that kind of initiative. I think that's so, so good for kids. Like it's so important for all of us to exercise regularly. And, you know, gym going is not my thing, but we all find our, we'll find what works for us, right? So yeah, they're completely on it. In fact, then Beth, Beth came back and was stood in front of my full length mirror, basically flexing her biceps and going, have I got muscles yet? I'm like, yes, you're scaring me. Please, please stop. Anyway, the other big event from the week then, because I was off, is I went up to see my mum up in the little village where she still lives, where where I grew up. Not only did I see my mum, I got to see my godmother, my mum's best friend, my godmother, who I haven't seen for years. And you know how there are just some people in your life who are A, fucking brilliant, and B, you cannot see them for months and months and years and years, and then you're back together, and it's like no time at all has passed. That's completely how it was. And, oh, it was so good to see you, Jane. I've missed you lots. I love you lots. It was so, so lovely. So lovely. But going back to my mum's house, it's, there's something about going back to your childhood home, isn't it? There's there's a song by, by Frank Turner called Wessex Boy, which completely, perfectly sums up how I feel. about Like, in my head, even though I've lived where I live now for, for years and years, longer than I've lived in, in my childhood village where I grew grew up will always be home. I will always think of that as home. I don't know why. It's that that's always home to me. And the little village where <laughs> little village where I grew up, I mean, it's almost impossible to describe unless you've lived in a little village, so it has maybe two thousand population, about two thousand, something like that. Unless you've grown up in a little village like that, it's impossible to describe how brilliantly fucking mad it is. And to be fair, growing up there as a teenager, I did not always appreciate the brilliant fucking madness of it, i.e. the fact that somebody would like literally be reporting back to your parents that they'd seen you misbehaving in the bus shelter on Great Green the night before. True story, that absolutely happened. So I don't think I appreciated it at the time, but looking back, like everything was just mad and it completely fulfilled all of those stereotypes about villages that you kind of like see in sitcoms and things like that. 
that is the village where I grew up. Literally, that is the village where I grew up. Mad, mad shit happened all the fucking time. One of my favourite memories, despite how utterly inappropriate it was, was, was one morning, one Saturday morning, my dad and I walked up to the village shop to go and get the papers. As we walked up the high street, it's, it's like just a standard Saturday morning. It's a quiet Saturday morning. It was a sunny day. Down the high street came this troop of Morris dancers, Morris men. They'd all blacked up. I don't know why the fuck why, but they had all blacked up. They all had their merry Morris spells jingling round their ankles. And they were all just dancing down the high street and did kind of like this merry Morris dancing thing and waved and went off in their somewhat racist, black-faced Morris dancing way. It was absolutely batshit. I have no idea why or how that happened. But that's the kind of stuff that did just happen regularly. Um, there were <laughs> rumours, rumours. The rumour mill was and remains absolutely fucking rife. And my dad and I decided once that we would test this out. So we made up a rumour. We made up a rumour. And my dad went to the local pub on the Friday night, which is absolutely the kind of pub where, to this day, if you go into one of the local pubs and you're not a local heads will swivel to stare at you. And if they don't know you, they will all go back to conversations about who that person is every every fucking time. It's fucking brilliant. So my dad went down to the local pub, basically said this rumour to, to the group of mates that he was with. No word of a lie, by the next morning when he went to the village shop to get the papers, he had that rumour repeated back to him over the counter. I fucking love the village I grew up in. It's just, oh, it's just, it's just wonderful. It is just absolutely batshit. Just mental stuff that you look back and go, that was mental. But the time seemed totally normal. We had a we had a village theatre group and which I was very actively involved in. And they did a production of Calamity Jane, which was just brilliant. And I was lucky enough to be cast in the lead. I was 16 years old and I was like, this is this is this is just amazing. Honestly, it was some of the happiest months of my life. It was amazing. But because it was a small village and you only had a very limited number of potential cast members to choose from. It ended up that myself and the the girl playing the other leading lady, who was also 16, ended up playing opposite two 40-somethings, both of whom were mates with my dad. And we ended up snogging them on stage. And and that was entirely normal. I didn't even bat an eyelid at it. I was like, yeah, standard. Of course, of course we're snogging people who are old enough to be our fathers. In fact, who hang out with our fathers. With hindsight, it was very messed up. At the time, it was no weirder than anything else that happened in in a typical week in in the village but honestly I look back on it all with with such fond memories and even now like you just you go up and you walk around the village and someone will come up to you every time and be like hi have you been often you have no fucking clue who these people are and you have to try and piece it together as they go oh yeah I saw your mum and I spoke to your dad I did this and you're kind of like putting join the dots and working out who this person is but Oh, I wouldn't change it. And I do genuinely, I do genuinely miss it now that I'm not a teenager getting up to trouble in the bus shelter on Great Green. All right, it was me. I confess, I confess. But yeah, best, best and most batshit memories ever. It is, it is like no, no place, no place on earth. Meanwhile, my dad was having a very, very exciting Easter. He, he WhatsApped me this week with a video and he said, look what I've caught. I've caught a big mouse and I looked at the video and he had one of those humane mouse traps that you can get one of those cage type things and in it there is indeed a very big mouse running around it or what most of us might know as a rat so I replied to him when don't know how to tell you this I think maybe your big mouse might be a rat it's a fucking rat it's a fucking rat you've caught a fucking rat it's not a big mouse anyway you'll be pleased to know he's caught a further two big mice um, since since the first 
big mouse was caught. Maybe we should all just start referring to rats as big mice. I feel like the Pied Piper would have taken on much more of a Dr. Doolittle tone if instead of chasing rats, we just had this lovely, happy, clappy crowd of big mice. Anyway, if anybody wants a, a big mouse, you'll know where to find them. They're, they're all in my in my dad's garden. He's probably singing to them as we, as we speak. Um, yeah, big mice, fuck's sake, fuck's sake. Anyway, I'm off to spend my Saturday evening helping Beth do some more practice work for her sats. I won't repeat my sats rant because you've probably seen it on the Facebook page this morning. And if you haven't, it's up there for all to see. I am very, very cross about the fact that our government think that our children should have to do sats. And I know, and a few people have pointed out that, you know, if you feel this strongly about it, you should take your kids out of sats. And, and yes, I could do that. But I think that underestimates how much that's not fair on the kids to be put in a position where they're being treated differently to everybody else. Sats are just fucking bullshit. I'm sorry, they are absolute bullshit. They're there because it's the most lazy-ass way to assess primary schools, which don't even need this pointless forced ranking and grading. It's all fucking government absolute bullshit. And frankly, I'm going to bet right now that most of the ladies and gentlemen of our government, were they to sit down with a English Sats paper and be required to identify a fronted adverbial or a subordinating conjunction would have not a fucking clue, right? And and nor should they, and nor should our kids, nor should our kids. It's just so, I sit and watch Beth, and Beth's school are brilliant and amazing and so supportive on the sets, but they shouldn't have to be, because I watch Beth and just, like, the love of learning is just absolutely, she just wants to leave school, she's just done. I mean, possibly, no, Beth, she just wants to leave school forever, she's not even thinking about secondary school, she's like, I'm done, I'm done now. But joking aside, it's so fucking sad and so fucking wrong and so fucking avoidable and yeah anyway rant 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 rave 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 but it's something I feel very strongly about so if you haven't and you feel as strongly as I do please do go and have a read the post please share it far and wide I'd love to think it would reach and be read by the people it's intended for I am holding out zero hope on that even slightly but hey we we live in hope right we live in hope and fronted adverbials for fuck's sake fucking fronted adverbials I'm a straight A student. I've written two books. Not a fucking clue. Would not know a fronted adverbial if it turned up and punched me in the face. And I probably inadvertently used about three there just to show how how little command I have of fronted adverbials. Fuck's sake. Anyway, I hope you're all well. I hope you're all staying safe. Look after yourselves. Watch out for the big mice. I will see you all next week. Take care. Lots of love. Bye-bye.